Okay, we're recording. Um, all right, this is Josh T. Franco uh, interviewing Kay Turner at her home in Austin, Texas uh, on June 25th, 2020 for the Smithsonian Institution Archives of American Art Pandemic Project. That's the only scripted part, Kay, of course. <laughs> Um, so thanks for doing this, Kay, and very uh, pleased us... to be a part of it, Josh. Yes. Yeah. Let's start out with you're in Austin now, which is your home, but you also have another home in New York. Yes. Deep roots in both, so maybe that's a good place to start. Uh, it's definitely affected where you are. I think the pandemic. Yes. So I left New York on April third. I have a home there in Brooklyn, in Williamsburg. Um, I had been teaching my class at NYU in the spring semester, and when we went over to virtual um, classes, uh, I, I stayed another month almost, but I was beginning to feel like I wanted to be with my partner, Mary, in Austin, and I, I have to admit that it was just so sad for me, the, the way the city came to feel at the end of March and early April was just, it was the feeling of desperation and the way that the energies, the, the amazing energies of the city had just been hollowed out by the pandemic um, uh, and the politics around the pandemic um, were, were really difficult. So I thought I should come down to Austin for a, for a little while. Um, I was quarantined for 14 days here with my cat Bella, <laughs> in, in a room apart from Mary. <laughs> yes, in a, yeah. yes, uh -huh, in a little studio space that we have out out back, um, and um, and then I actually thought I would be coming back a little bit sooner, but I've been I've been kind of waiting for the infection rate to settle a little bit, and in the meanwhile, here in Texas, as we do this interview on June twenty fifth, um, the infection rate here has skyrocketed over the few days yeah. so um, so you know I mean without having really good leadership on this across the board across the country we're all suffering a lot of uncertainty we're suffering a tremendous number of deaths as everyone knows we're up to 122,000 today um, and it was with that uh, issue um, arising and, and becoming ever more evident in mid-April um, that I had my class at NYU build altars. We, we made virtual altars and, you know, at-home altars for um, the pandemic. Um, and then I connected with a, a group of artist friends in New York um, who were interested in, we were all interested in making memorials um, that would emphasize the way that the administration and the president had not taken any consideration of uh, well what I consider to be the presidential duty to mourn the losses of the citizenry you know I mean it's a very basic act of um, you know of conscience that you know any president of our country should you know see as a solemn duty and you know they'll <laughs> I was just, you know, that, that was the place I, we were all, you know, our anger was mounting, I think, in lots of different ways, uh, uh, you know, different people expressed it in different ways. For me, that was becoming a, just a source that I could not live with. So my students, I built altars. Um, you know, you're familiar with this, but, you know, one of uh, 
one of my long-term interests, what I've written about over many years, over, you know, getting closer to 40 years now, um, is about altars, the power of vernacular altars and memorials. Um, uh, I did my dissertation work on that, on Mexican-American women's home altars in South Texas, then a book, and I've been, you know, it's just been a very big source of my, of my um, work as an artist and as a scholar. Um, so it was a natural fit for me to want to go, want to use what I knew and what I had done uh, previously to bring it, you know, into this current crisis. Um, so working with um, a number of artists from um, from New York, old friends, Jenny Romaine, who has um, uh, the wonderful uh, Great Small Works Project, um, uh, people in JFREDGE, which is Jews for Racial and Economic Justice, an old, you know, uh, organizing group in New York, um, a new group called the Caring Majority, which works on nursing home issues. Uh, we all came together and made memorials, um, one in each borough uh, on uh, May 19th and 20th. And these were memorials that led to um, a, a vigil that was done on May 21st and 22nd by a loosely organized group that we all became a part of across the country called Naming the Lost. And that was a group that organized the reading of 10,000 names of the dead uh, in a 24-hour period. So our memorials were a lead up to that, um, uh, that vigil. And then um, our group, that group has since somewhat dispersed because uh, George Floyd was murdered and new concerns arose for a number of people in Naming the Lost. Um, our group has continued and we will be doing a series of action memorial days in the coming months around nursing home issues, uh, also inviting individuals to make memorials um, uh, for their own dead or for friends who have died or around causes that are of concern to them. So these are going to be on the second Tuesday of the month um, going forward, at least until September maybe up until the time of the election, we'll see how the energy, you know, how the energy uh, sort of uh, uh, stays or, or evaporates, you know, hard to know. I mean, it's, you know, it's just been really wonderful. I, I, as you know, um, it's been my way of staying connected to New York, uh, which I do consider my home. Uh, this is my second home in Austin, but my, my heart home and my uh, my life is kind of in New York, and it's of course difficult to be away from the place that you that you call home and that you love as much as I do love New York. So um, anyway, it's, this has been very much a good way to do that. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, yeah. I, I guess that. I kind of just blabbed away here, but um, <laughs> no, it's great. That's what, it's great. I know the feeling of the heart home. It's like. During all this, I've been sending even more money to Marfa to the public radio station and the yeah. solidarity bonds. It just yeah, you really. They did that great project for the restaurants. Yeah, the solidarity know. bonds I got. Yeah, yeah, the solidarity bonds. Right, yeah. right. Yes. Um, but you, yeah, just it. You really feel it. You feel yourself feeling what home is in these moments. Yes, I, <laughs> I know. That's really true. Um, Zoom, you know, this virtual engagement is 
you know, reached a new level because of the COVID. Um, and that's, we, we would never have done oral history. We never considered doing oral histories virtually. Uh, but I'm intrigued by the mention of virtual altars. And I just want to know more about well, how do you go about starting and making a virtual altar? Well, okay, so well, we did it in, for my class, we did it in two ways. Um, everybody made an individual altar at home, photographed it, and then we put it, you know, in a PowerPoint mm -hmm. and showed it in our class and talked about each individual uh, one and what the elements of it were. Some people made altars directed at the pandemic itself to try to push it back you know, use kind of the magical means. Um, others uh, made very interesting um, uh, altars out of masks and gloves and, you know, detergent, oh. things that they had at hand. Because a number of my students were, um, you know, they were kind of, uh, they were in dormitory rooms. Uh, once, once, if they were on campus anyway, they were kind of isolated into those rooms. So they didn't, they made really amazing things out of very little. Mm -hmm. um, but there was one student who was in New Mexico, um, out near Georgia O'Keeffe's um, place, and she made a very elaborate, you know, she got a bunch of stuff from, from people in town and made a very elaborate uh, altar using Guadalupe's image and others and she's a native Texan so she kind of she had the format down yeah um, but then at the very end of our class we also use Google Docs um, uh, this one student B she she said oh we can you know we were supposed to build an altar a personal altar as part of the class um, that we were not able to do and uh, and she said well we can build it through Google Docs so she created a platform and we took pictures of our images and then put them onto the altar platform and decorated it with little things and stuff like that and you know it's very primitive but it's very cool because it's crazy. actually it is all the objects that people wanted to put on but in little tiny you know sort of tiles that mm -hmm. sit on this platform and I'll send it to you I'll send you a picture of it yeah it's very cool yeah because I'm thinking that you know I might try to do uh, when I get back to New York I've written to be the student and I said you know I'm thinking of doing more with that project you know to see if we could enhance it a little bit and put it out there for people to do because it's um I don't think people really think of making virtual altars in Google Docs but you know anything is possible the you know, yeah, yeah. These days, so yeah. the pandemic has made us very creative. That's for sure. You know. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It is very creative. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you, I know you sent me some pictures of some things happening in New York, um, and I'm going to try to screen share those if you want to describe what they are while I do that. Sure. Uh, these are some pictures of the memorials that we made in May. So how are you, who, you, you, do you have team members in um, New York, like on the ground there? Yes. Mm -hmm. We just and, had, in fact, I just came out of a meeting with them before I came to you I because see. we are continuing to, um, we're organizing again to, all of us kind of went into a little bit of a hiatus after George Floyd's murder and went into other 
um, other projects. But um, some of us are now coming back and this group is reconstituting because we really want to do something around the, um, the nursing home catastrophe. Yeah. Um, and we also want to use the memorial format. We want to teach people about the memorial format as something that they can do to honor um, and remember people in their families or neighborhoods and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Um, I don't think I can bring, it doesn't look like I can bring them up. So we'll just describe them. Oh, We're okay. outdoors, often people putting things up against a chain link fence and attaching them. Yes, I we see made butterflies templates. and mm -hmm. We decided yeah. that for those memorials, we wanted um, we wanted to create templates that people could use. We um, we used masks as one symbol. We used um, butterflies as another. Um, you know, hearts and hands, um, uh, gloved hands. Some of the some of the templates were of gloved hands holding uh, hearts, and in each each of those templates was a place where a name could be written. Sure. So what happened was that we got from, um, from the uh, Naming the Lost Vigil group that was collecting names, we got names from them for our different zip codes in the Bronx and Brooklyn, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens, and then uh, began a process of making um, nameplates for those people. And we used the idea, there was a lot of talk at that point about who was essential and who was not. That was kind of one way that we focused the work because we felt that Trump didn't consider any of the dead to be essential. Um, so we used the word, our, our tagline for every person um, whose name was put into a memorial was essential. Um, and uh, to mark the essential loss of essential people. Yeah. And so it was really, a, you know, it was kind of a, 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 a names, not numbers project, a mourning, not denial project. Um, at the time uh, leading up to Memorial Day when we weren't even sure, I mean, as uh, you know, we weren't even sure that Trump was going to, you know, mention the 100,000, almost 100,000 dead at that point. Um, during Memorial Day, uh, but Pelosi and Schumer did go to him, and he, in a very sort of uh, offhand way, put flags at half mast for a few days before Memorial Day, but never announced it, never made, you know, never, yeah, emphasized it. So yeah, anyway, so that was the yeah. purpose of those memorials, and they um, they became a place. For example, our memorial in Brooklyn is still active right now. It's over by Greenwood Cemetery, and people have continued to bring um, names to attach. Mm -hmm. uh, they've taken their own, they've gone home with their kids and made little butterflies on, you know, pieces of paper and stuff like that, mm -hmm. and they've brought them back. So all of those memorials, we used fences because we felt like the fence line would be a great place to attach uh, banners and, and, um, and these little templates. Um, so they were a little bit unconventional in terms of the memorial kind of thing that you and I are used to um, in uh, Mexican tradition. But, um, but they worked very well and uh, they were very active in, uh, very active in the Bronx and in, in Brooklyn. Um, yeah. yeah. The other thing that you did, via, you organized via Facebook that was so fun to watch was the, um, it was, you know, I think altars and the way you utilize them are so often about mourning, but turning mourning into joy or at least communal, right, a right. sense of communalness. 
but that New York sing-along really did end up being very much about joy and you could kind of watch people. So I watched it and you see the gallery view, every Brady Bunch, you know, windows with you. Right, right. And um, people holding up their New York coffee cups or objects <laughs> that identify them as New Yorkers. And then you led them in, in New York themed songs. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Talk about that a little well, bit. Well, I, um, so for many years, and actually this was something that came out of September 11th. Um, after September 11th, the following year in 2002, I started what I called the September 11th Sing. And I just gathered people in Washington Square Park, friends, and we would, um, I wrote some songs about New York, some of which you heard in this, um, in this uh, Facebook uh, live thing last Sunday. Um, but we would just gather under the arch and we would face where the towers had been and we would sing our New York songs and then we would go drinking. And that was our September 11th. Um, and I did that for like 10 years until every September 11th, until the memorial at, was uh, opened downtown. It was a way of giving people a place to come together. Again, you know, a lot of the projects I do are based in some irritation or complaint that I have. Mm -hmm. So I just felt like at that time that the city was not doing a very good job helping survivors on September 11th. All of us who had been there, who lived to see the, another day and had been traumatized by the event. And then of course, traumatized by the politics that, you know, proceeded thereafter. Mm -hmm. So that was, uh, that was the reason for doing that. So in terms of this pandemic, in terms of some of the things I've already discussed about uh, the administration, um, you know, New York was so hard hit and New York was also treated poorly in lots of ways, um, in, in the, especially in March and April. Um, it was the epicenter of the pandemic. It was kind of, you know, um, uh, I, I think certain people were, you know, gleeful about that, you know, of course, New York is going to be the epicenter because it's full of all the weirdos and queers and artists and nutballs and you know uh, you know so I just started to feel like maybe one thing I could do I was also missing New York a lot so I thought um, I would get together this group of women who I've known for many many years I do a solstice celebration every winter for the winter solstice and these are everyone that was in this thing on Facebook Live are women who come to that solstice celebration where we always finish it by burning, we make a big fire on the roof of my apartment, an illegal fire, and we burn our our past, you know, whatever happened in the past, um, like good, you know, uh, uh, like good witches do. And, um, and um, we always sing the song, We Are the People of New York, which I wrote in 2001 for this after September 11th. Mm -hmm. So um, so we sing, we are the people of New York. We are the people of New York. We're so happy to serve you. It's our pleasure to serve you. And it's based on the Greek coffee cup, the blue and white coffee yeah. cup. So oh, that's why um, they had the cups, yeah. I yeah, see. so that's why they had the cups. And, right. you know, so we sang that song, a couple of others. And it was just 
really, it was meant to create a little bit of Zoom mayhem, you know, um, just insisting that we could kind of break through, you know, break through the tile wall, you know, and come right out into your world and get people to sing along. And there was, you know, I heard from lots of friends afterwards and strangers who I didn't know that they really enjoyed singing along and all that kind of thing. So great. it was a, it was a great connector to New York and yeah. Yeah. So for the last question, these are so quick. Um, okay. What I'm trying to think, I don't know who else would ask you this. So I'll ask you, who are the goddesses that are most active right now or most pissed off or who we should be calling on? Um, oh, well, I think that, um, you know, I think a, a lot of the, um, the goddesses of you know of justice are mm. you know are really really pissed off yeah. um so you know i mean you have your um you know i think also the mother goddesses are really you know kind of pissed off so yemaja you know guadalupe tonanzine um you know uh um oshun um you know i I think that um, you know um, uh, Hera, um, 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 uh, you know, you know, I I don't know. I just can't imagine that most of the goddesses aren't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> really yeah. wanting to intervene at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, I have a you know I have a special love for Hecate, who. Um, is really considered to be a dark, a dark goddess, but she's also a transformer. And, mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that you do for her, you know, a, a devotee to Hecate brings garbage and refuse and trash um, to a crossroads and places it there because it will be transformed into something new at a crossroads. Um, so, you know, we're at a crossroads. So yeah, said, that's what I was going to say. Get out the garbage. Bring out the garbage. You know? It's heck of a time. Yeah. <laughs> put it, it in the, you know, put it in the crossroads and hope for a better day. I love it. I'm going to stop us right there. Thank you, Kay. You're welcome, Josh.